For this week's Peace Bucket, uh, we're joined by Marina Mann, who's with many local peace groups, Women Against the War, Pathways to Peace, and the ever-present uh, Grannies for Peace. And I uh, saw uh, Marine recently being covered, uh, participated at, uh, I guess, the Bethlehem's Neighbors for Peace event as part of the United uh, National Anti-War Coalition uh, Day of Action around calling for peace and then the war in the Ukraine. So we thought we'd ask uh, Marina on to explain, you know, what are some of the points that, you know, your groups and Code Pink have been raising about, you know, how do we stop this uh, brutal uh, war that's taking place in the Ukraine? Well, good morning, Mark. Thanks for um, asking me to uh, to share some thoughts. Uh, basically, I think it's really important to start out saying that none of us, um, as part of the Pathways uh, for Peace Committee of Women Against War, consider ourselves historical geopolitical experts on the situation in U Ukraine. And we understand that the situation is incredibly complex, both historically and um, in terms of geopolitical history or, or energies. However, it feels that it is imperative, given the nature of this war um, and the what really looks like what could be an endless war and the absolute um, dangers and destruction um, that are involved that we as uh, a people push our government to do everything in its power to work for negotiations. Again, we understand the complexity of that, but there really seems to be no other energy that um, we should be um, arguing for. And um, just to quote the Emir of Qatar, I think he you know, he basically says what uh, in the UN, what he, what we're feeling, we're fully aware of the complexities of the conflict and the international and global dimension to the crisis. However, we still call for an immediate ceasefire and peaceful settlement because this is ultimately what will happen regardless of how long this conflict will go on. But perpetuating the crisis will not change this result. It will only increase the number of casualties, the incredible suffering, and it will increase the disastrous repercussions on Europe, Russia, and the global economy. So that's where we as a Pathways for Peace Committee and Grannies for Peace also um, in Women Against War stand and what we are standing for whenever we uh, take a public uh, stance on this issue of Ukraine. Since, you know, we are, you know, in America, um, how do we push, you know, the Biden administration and Congress um, to help accomplish peace uh, in the Ukraine? Well, again, because there seems to be such a will to war, I mean, it's very discouraging when you hear uh, in the last couple of days that, yes, we'll be sending Abram tanks um, to, you know, that we seem hell bent on, on uh, continuing um, and seeing the military uh, uh, solution as the only solution. Uh, so I guess, you know, we need to be, uh, first of all, informing ourselves and we need to be really honing the arguments for why negotiations are um, absolutely important. And we need to be sharing those with each other as citizens and also um, with our Congress people. Um, Code Pink has, uh, Medea Benjamin um, of Code Pink um, recently published a book, The War in Ukraine, Making Sense of a Senseless War. She co-authored it with Nicholas Davies. Um, and and code, so Code Pink has been doing a lot of focusing on this issue of, um, of the war in Ukraine, you know, looking at it historically, but also trying to hone again the arguments for why we have to, um, to push our government towards, you know, working for ceasefire. And they've honed 
eight, I think, what are really strong arguments in which I know um, my um, compatriots in the Pathways for Peace Committee and Grannies for Peace agree with. So I was wondering if I could um, share those arguments, at least briefly, Mark, and uh, then encourage Okay, people. go ahead, share. Okay, go to Code Pink to, to flesh these out. First of all, and probably penultimately, the death, suffering, destruction, dislocation, the infrastructure collapse, thinking about people in winter cold. I mean, those things that pull on our heartstrings, the economic devastation, it, it, this can't go on. And if it continues to go on, all it gets is more profoundly horrific. So that's their first argument and probably the penultimate one again. Um, two, that many military experts uh, believe that neither side can or will achieve a decisive military victory. And they quote a number of uh, military experts, including um, uh, the Ukraine's military chief of staff, who says without absolutely a, a horrific increased um, level of destruction and casualty, uh, there will be no military solution. And um, they quote the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark um, um, Millet, Millet, and, um, and they, and they uh, quote many French and German military experts. So basically that there will be no military solution ultimately. Um, that their third argument is that the Republicans in Congress more and more grow uh, restive in terms of, of supporting the war um, and with more military aid, more money, more endless um, expenditure of resources that we need in this country desperately. And so that that support will erode. And so this is a good moment for um, us to look at negotiations as the only ultimate solution. Um, they, uh, their fourth argument is that the impact on Europe, it, the skyrocketing, skyrocketing inflation, the crippling squeeze on energy supplies, um, that there's a growing war weariness. And um, polls in Europe indicate that uh, people are more and more growing um, disenchanted with this war or experiencing what the Germans call war weariness. And so again, um, there's an energy there in Europe to sue for um, renewed efforts for diplomatic solution and that we should join that energy. They also argue that um, the UN General Assembly, uh, there are 66 world leaders who are on record who have argued for peace talks so that there's this global energy towards negotiation and to ending the, the horror of, of uh, the military um, solution that we seem to have what is our, our only one. Um, they argue also um, for the environmental impact that it's horrific, it, it can't go on. It just um, adds to the, the challenges of climate change. Um, and included in that is the, uh, the danger of radioactive release from nuclear power plants. They say the North Stream pipeline sabotage created a methane emission that's equal to a million cars uh, in a year. At some uh, point, the sanctions on uh, Russia energy triggered justification for, for further rather than less development of the fossil fuel in, uh, industry. So all of the crying out for solution climate change issues are being um, acerbated um, and, and uh, increased because of this war in Ukraine. And, and therefore uh, they argue, again, that's a strong reason why we have to move towards negotiation. Um, they also talk about their seventh reason is the global impact economically is, is um, severe. Uh, and in, in addition to the effect on Europe, um, we're robbing the investment um, that we need to make in 
to eradicate poverty, the economic inequality in the world, the impact of climate change, that um, the global economic effect of this war is untenable and unsustainable and just moves us backwards in, in a point where we need to be moving forward on, on solution to these uh, problems that we could solve if we invested and had the will um, that we seem to have for war in Ukraine, if we could in, invest that in peace and, and um, sustainability. And then finally, and perhaps powerfully, they argue that the danger of nuclear war, along with many other people who are arguing this, between the world's two greatest, greatest nuclear powers is real. There is an existential danger that if Russia was is uh, back to the wall in terms of, of losing this war in terms of a military um, solution would in fact revert to, or some accidental um, event could move us to a nuclear conflagration. The two-part question, some people in the United States support the right, the United States military to send weapons to Ukraine, uh, the right of defense. Uh, how do you respond to that? And then also if people want to get more information, how can they do this in 30 seconds? There are all kinds of geopolitical arguments in uh, various sides, but the, the absolute imperative is that the only answer will be, in the end, negotiations, and we have to move towards that. And Mark, I'd like to say that uh, uh, our Pathways to Peace Committee is inviting Medea Benjamin in April to speak in the area. She will be here for three days, speaking at various colleges. There will be public forums. We'll be giving information on that. And in addition, we'll be standing on the corner on February 14th on Wolf Road and Central Avenue again to say this as Grannies for Peace. There has to be negotiations. We have to move towards peace. This can't continue as it is. Well, thank you very much, Marina Mon, Women Against War. And this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.